The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of redlegnation.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. I've been somewhat remiss in my interview, so we're going to try and do a better job in 2012. And we're happy to start our new year off right with talking to one of our spotlight guys, Tucker Barnhart. Tucker, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. Bill, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Happy belated 21st birthday, my friend. I appreciate that. I appreciate it very much. Tucker turned 21 on the 7th of the month, so we're all happy about that. And he stayed out of trouble that night, I assume. So probably had a good evening. Tucker, let's look, look. go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. No, it was a good night. It was fun to uh, see some family and some friends. There you go. Let's talk about last year, Tucker. You spent all year in Dayton. I had the opportunity to see you play a number of games, and I, I have to admit, I was really impressed with your with your skills, especially your defensive wow. skills. Tell us about spending a, a year in Dayton playing ball for the Dragons. Well, um... I mean, Dayton, Dayton's a wonderful place to play. I mean, we were fortunate enough, my team was, to uh, to break the uh, all-time sellout record. I believe at 815 is when we uh, is when we when we uh, broke the record, and uh, that was just uh, that was a very fun time for us as players and uh, and as an organization to be a part of that and uh, and to get to meet guys like uh, Magic Johnson and Archie Griffin. That was. Uh, a couple times that I'll uh, that I'll never forget. That's for sure. And uh, they, the fans of Dayton are, are spectacular. Um, the the organization itself, the Dragons, they they uh, they did everything that we could ever have asked for. Gave us whatever we wanted, and, and were there to help us whenever we had questions. And it was a uh, it was a great it was a great place to play. Now, as, as you as you tooled around the Midwest League last year, how does the how does the Dragons facility compare to the rest of them in the league? Um, it's it's up there in the top in in the top couple of uh, the league that's for sure. Uh, the one in uh, the one in Great Lakes, which is the Dodgers uh, Dodgers organization that uh, that that rivals that rivals Dayton, and then the one in Fort Wayne, which is the Tin Caps, which is the uh, which is the Padres affiliate. That's pretty nice too. But the, the crowd the crowds there there's nowhere nowhere that I've played that that's like Dayton. Uh, the stadium some of the stadiums a couple of them are a little bit newer. And everything, but like I said, the crowds are the crowds are second to none in Dayton. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice playing in front of seven, eight, ten thousand people every night, isn't it? Yeah, it's a blast. You uh, you kind of got to get used to it. That was uh, going into the season. Uh, that was the first time I'd played in front of that many people. But uh, but it was it, it was easy to get used to, especially when they're cheering for you when you're doing things right. Hopefully they uh, they stay behind you. Um, tell us how it was playing a second year for Delino to Shield. Oh, Delino! I love Delino. I like playing for him a lot. He's a very—he's a player's coach, that's for sure. And, um, he didn't have—he had a couple of rules. I mean, you play hard and you're on time. He, and he would tell us that he—he um, he was going to be the easiest manager, easiest guy you played for, and, and that was—that was the case. Uh, Delino, Delino's a great man. Delino, uh, Delino knows the game of baseball very well. 
not only from, a, um, from playing it as much as he did and having as much success as he did as a player, but also I, I think he's starting to he's starting to have success as a manager, and I, I only think that's just going to keep getting better and better for him. I mean, it, it was a blast. It was a blast playing for him, and I definitely learned a lot. And I know I know that I'm not the only one saying that. I know everybody that everybody that I played with um, would go would go to war with the Lino in a heartbeat. As, as a Dragons, you know, season ticket holder, and, and I go to a fair number of games up there, the excitement that his style of baseball brought, as opposed to what we had seen a couple of years before that under under Todd Benzinger, was just such a dramatic change. And, and, and the uh, it, it seemed like there was – the one thing he does seem like he brings to the table is accountability. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he held everybody accountable. I mean uh, – and himself, he took a lot. It took a lot of uh, some heat at, at times, and he would uh, he would take it upon himself. And uh, he, like I said, he was a great players manager. He never never threw anybody under the bus. I mean, was just the, one of the nicer guys that I've met in baseball, and and one of the guys that that I would definitely, if I ever have any questions or or anything of that nature, regard. I mean, and maybe not even with baseball. I mean, the line would be. One of the first guys I would call, and I and I don't think he would have any problem helping me out or answering any questions. Like I said, with with baseball and in life itself. So, okay, let's let's break down your season a little bit. Let's start out and talk about an honor that you won after the season. You were named the Rawlings Minor League Baseball Golden Glove catcher. That that that's freaking huge. Uh, I don't remember any Reds farmhand ever winning this award. And I want to make sure that our listeners are understanding this. This isn't the A-ball Golden Glove. Tucker won the Golden Glove for catchers for every catcher in the minor leagues, and that's pretty darn impressive. Well, I appreciate that very much. I, uh, I've always been a guy that has really, really taken pride in the way I played defensively, and, 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 it, and I was fortunate enough to, uh, to, to have that recognized this past season. And uh, I can't be... I can't be more more happy about getting that award, and for especially a guy like I said that takes that takes pride in his defense. It's really one of the, it's it is the biggest award that I, that I can win, and, and and hopefully it's not just in the minor leagues, but here here hopefully sooner than later, maybe one day it'll be in the big leagues. So but I'm going to keep working and, and and not get complacent with with just winning one, and hopefully hopefully this coming year maybe win another one, and and, and we'll go from there. Start stacking them things up along in the closet, you know. Yeah, there you go, Tucker. Did you were you told has anybody else in the Reds organization ever won this one of these awards in, in the minor leagues? Um, when I was told that I won it, I guess this past year was the first year that they had done it, and oh, I believe okay. fifteen or twenty years. I know they they used to do them in the minor leagues, but they had stopped. I'm not sure why they had stopped, but um, obviously they do them in the big leagues every year, and they didn't really give me much background on who had won it or if there had been any guys that put the Reds organization in that hadn't won it. Um, but, like I said, I'm just very, very fortunate to, to, to win it. And, uh, and so, like I said, hopefully this isn't the only one, and hopefully one of these days it'll be in, it'll be in the big league. Your, your defensive numbers, and, and, and I watched you play, and, and so, you know, I saw it with, you know, it passed the eye test. But I looked at some of your defensive numbers, and, and they really, really improved significantly in your first full season. You had like three times as many chances and, and committed the same number of errors in the year before, and you lowered your pass balls from eight to six. And, and you're still throwing guys out at about a, a 50% rate, and I think that's pretty amazing. Is, is What did you concentrate on improving defensively? 
Um, a lot of it, a lot of it, Bill. I mean, when it comes to throwing guys out, it's a lot of the pitchers as well. Um, the the pitchers really control a lot of what happens. I mean, if they're quick to the plate, I can get it out of my glove quicker and get it to second base quicker or third base or wherever. And so a lot of a lot of my success is is, is helped by the pitcher. I mean, uh, the pitcher pitchers were very good this year, this past year, and and, and giving me opportunities to throw and. And, and I thank them for that. Um, I worked on really, I worked on really just staying within myself and, and, and not trying to do too much and just worry about um, the things that I've worked on in, in the off season um, with every with every catching aspect really that there is and and just trusting myself. Uh, really, just having confidence in myself and knowing that I put in enough time and enough work in in the off season that uh, that I was going to have success if I if I was given an opportunity and. And that's what that's what the pitchers did. They gave, they gave me an opportunity to throw and gave me an opportunity to uh, to get the ball to second base, and they gave me the opportunity to have success. And and that, that's that's basically what that's basically for me what it was was, was being put in put in the best position for me to have success. Yeah, they they have to give you at least a shot at throwing the guys out, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it makes it it makes it a little bit easier when when I had when I when you have pitchers that like that like that we had and. In Dayton, and like we have in the, in the, in the organization itself, and, and they, put, they put you, like I said, they put you in a pretty good position to have success. And I got another question on this, but before, something that just occurred to me: Is this something that the organization really, really stresses to their pitchers? Is holding guys on and getting the ball, the ball to, the, to the plate quickly, or do we just have a group of pitchers that that that's part of their skill set? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's we have advanced guys, advanced guys that that, that know what they're doing on the mound and that understand the game of baseball. And then again, it, it, I think it's it's the Reds as well, um, really putting an emphasis on that and and helping helping us catchers out and, and helping out the pitchers as well and getting the ball to the plate quicker. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think we have guys that are just blessed with with very good skill sets and and understand the game of baseball. And then again, I think it's it's the way that the Reds. Uh, Emphasize um, getting getting the ball to the plate quick. I thought I read, and I, and I I may be completely misremembering this, that you were not real happy with your number of pass balls last year in Billings, and that, that no, was, I, wa- that I wasn't. I, it, it, it frustrated me because, like I said, I've always I've always been a guy that's really worked on my defense, and I think at times there be some times where I kind of got a little bit lazy, and I think I I corrected that and, and really worked on uh, taking taking pride in, in blocking balls and. I think it's it's also it's a confidence thing for pitchers. If a pitcher sees that you're going to block the ball at, at any point in the game, and um, with the guy on third or whatnot, it's a winning run, a tying run, or, or if the run doesn't even matter. But it, I mean, if he sees that you have that you're going to be down there and you're going to be working your butt off and, and blocking balls, he's not going to have any any fear of throwing any pitch at any time. And so that that in turn is going to help us win ball games because he's going to. He's not gonna, like I said, he's not gonna have a fear of throwing a certain Are there specific drills that you do that, that that help you, you know, work on getting down on that ball in the dirt and making sure that thing doesn't get by you? Um, n- not really baseball wise. I think a lot of it, a lot of it is it, for me, uh, for me personally, is is in the weight room. Really working on my like my flex, working on my flexibility. Um, because I mean, obviously, I'm not a big guy, and so I mean, I'm already low to the ground as it is. But I just like to try and get as low as I can, and and I think a lot of that has to do with my flexibility. It's not necessarily do I do I do a ton of drill blocking. I mean, there are some, but I don't I don't focus most of my time on that. It's more of 
my flexibility and working out in the weight room that, that I think that helps me out. When you're a catcher in the Cincinnati Reds system, there's one man you're always going to be compared against, and it's not completely fair, but there was a guy who wore number five. Do you do you know what Bench's percentage was throwing out runners in the big leagues? I do not. I know. I do know that that the uh, the major league average is, I believe, is somewhere north of thirty percent, maybe. But uh, JB's percentage in the big leagues was forty three percent. And that's absurd. That's really good. Well, and and it, and it dropped after he had the chest surgery. You know, after the seventy two season, his first four or five years, it was even higher than that. And I was looking at it, and I was looking at his numbers now, and I, and I just want you to give me your first reaction to this. In 72, when he won the MVP in the league and hit 40 home runs, I, I believe it was 40, and drove in like 135 or 140 runs, he threw out 56 percent of the runners, 31 out of 55. What's your first reaction when you hear that? It's, it's unheard of, really. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it just shows you how amazing he was. and I mean, he... He is, he is, and I don't think he'll ever be anybody better than him. I mean, for a guy, I mean, the offensive numbers that you said are are unbelievable as well. I mean, to be able to to be able to handle a pitching staff and go through the rigors of catching every day, and 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 be able to do that offensively, and then also do that behind the plate defensively. I mean, it, it really is really just unbelievable, and just shows you. I mean, just shows you how much how much respect guys should have for him, and I know. As much the respect that I have for him, I mean, it's just I know from a first-hand basis of knowing how many, how what what you go through on a daily basis as a catcher and having to deal with pitchers and and get them through the game and and deal with all that side of it and then have to go and hit as well. I mean, to be able to, like I said, be able to do to be that good and to have that much success on both sides of the ball. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, every time I think about Johnny Bench defensively, and I don't want to turn this into a Johnny Bench interview, but I'm going to I'm going to tell you one more thing. And you've probably seen this same clip, and I think it was from an All Star game. And he took a pitch, and he just he he released the ball to second base, and he didn't even watch the play. He knew he had the guy. You could tell he was just bending down to pick his face mask up. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, that's confidence. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I guess though, when you do throw out fifty-six percent of your guys, I think you you kind of know, kind of know when you got somebody when you don't. So there you uh, go. he uh, he had he had room to do that, for, in my in my opinion. Now you caught ninety-two games last year. Have you ever caught anywhere close to that number? Um, I have not. I have not. No, it uh, it was a new experience for me, but an experience for me that I thought was very good. Um, I it, it, when I got to the end of the season, I still felt like I had more to tank. To be honest with you, I felt like I could have caught I could have caught more games. So uh, that's a good thing. It's a good sign for me because, in all honesty, I'm not uh, looking I'm not looking forward to catching 100 or to to play 140 games. I want to play 162 and on and on into the playoffs. So uh, that, I'm not I don't want to get complacent with just catching that many games. So I'd like to I'd like to catch more. Um, I mean, sometimes you you can't control that and. Uh, I just got to go out and play on an everyday basis, what the manager wants to do. But like I said, at the end of the year, I felt like I could have caught some more games. So that's a good sign for me. Let's go into the offensive side of your season. Were you happy with your offense last year? I was. I was to 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 a point. I struggled right-handed, but uh, I feel like I feel like it was just a learning experience for me. Um, I felt like that. 
I got it gave me a lot of things to work on in the off season or for this off season, and I felt like I've done that, and I felt like my swing now feels really good. Uh, my left-handed side, I was up, I was I was happy with that. I mean, uh, you're going to get a lot more at bats left-handed than you are right-handed, so uh, I mean that's a good sign for me that I that I hit as well as I did. But uh, again, I, my right side, I was a little disappointed with. I know I'm a better hitter than that, and I think I'm. I think it just is going to help me grow as a player and grow as a hitter. So uh, um, I'm looking looking to do some some some, uh, some big things this season, and I hope uh, that my right side, the work that I put in this offseason, is going to carry over into the season into the games. You, you're the, the the two things that jump out jumped out at me when I was looking at your numbers from last year is your 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 on base percentage put, took a pretty dramatic drop from the year before. Uh, you dropped about 70 points. And the other thing that I noticed was your OPS in June, July, and August. I mean, you, you had a really good April and an even better May. And then you kind of dropped off in June, July, and August. Do you think the heat or catching all those games had anything to do with that? And, and any ideas on the on-base percentage? You know, I mean, it, I'm sure it did take a little bit of a toll. Um, I think, but that, again, for me, I mean, it's a long a long season, and like I said, like I was saying about Johnny Bench, for him to be able to do as well as he, and play as well as he did um, during during his MVP season and stuff like that, it just shows you how tough it is. And so um, there were times where I was struggling, and, and and it was a growing experience for me. It, was, it helped me mature and uh, and to learn to, to to not make those those peaks and those valleys. Let the peaks be high, but don't let the valleys be as low as they are. I mean, as they were in the last season. So again, I think a lot of last season for me was was a growing experience and and, be, and helping me mature and uh, and just become a better player and, and not just becoming a better player but a better person. So uh, so uh, I'm looking. I don't really have any answers for you. Uh, I mean, I re- I wish I did, but I, and and I wish I had answers for myself to be honest with you. But this game this game is weird. This game's tough. So uh, it's it's going to happen, and uh, I'm just hoping to. You said you said you felt like you still had you know plenty left in the tank after ninety some games and and but I wonder have you done anything different to prepare yourself physically going into this year than you did last year you know knowing, uh, this, knowing what you know now this offseason uh, this offseason I, uh, I hired a personal trainer and I'm working at a uh, I'm working out uh, four days a week at a uh, performance institute which is all it's all medically based and it's all uh, helping like the body deficiencies that you may not that you may not see that they picked up on and I think it's really going to help me my body my body feels better than it ever has and I feel like I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in and so I'm really looking forward to getting out and seeing seeing the uh, seeing if I see any differences on the field I know when I'm hitting the cage and everything and, and throwing I, I feel stronger and so uh, I just think that's only going to help me um and I know you're, how you're going to answer this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, every player in the, in the minor leagues wants to get moved up. Is that something that you thought about during the season? Was there any, you know, consideration? Well, you know, why aren't I getting moved up? You know, I'm, I'm playing pretty darn well. You know, does that is that something that you can did you think about at all? I mean, there there are times, and if and, and if uh, you would talk to a player and he would tell you that it, that they don't think about it, I, I think he wouldn't be telling you the truth. To be honest with you, I mean. There's times where you where you uh, you feel like you're playing well, and there's times where you're like, man, I don't know what else I I need to do in order mm-hmm. to get a call. But uh, I think it helped it helped all of us in Dayton. I think knowing that we were going to be together 
and knowing we're going to make a playoff push and try to and try to do some uh, do some big things that that helped us stay together as a team. We weren't indeed we weren't a bunch of individuals. We were we were we were a team and, and we were all together and we all had one goal and and, and I feel like we uh, we didn't exactly get to where we wanted to be, but we got pretty close and uh, I think that's going to help us all as individuals. I mean. Because I mean, you get that taste of the playoffs, and you get the taste of winning. I mean, nobody nobody wants to get away from that. Everybody everybody's competitive. Everybody wants to win, and and so I think it's just going to only help us uh, as individuals in the, in the in the long run. But uh, I mean, there are times like to answer your question. There are times you think about it, and uh, there, but you, you're brought back down to earth pretty quickly. Because like you said, in in June and July, I kind of struggled a little bit. I had a good start of the year, and I'm thinking. All right. Well, this season's gonna be good, and maybe I'm gonna have a chance to move up or whatnot. And then you get humbled again. You get you, in June or whatever when you have a, a bad month. You're like, well, maybe I'm not ready yet. Maybe maybe I need to maybe I need to stick it out and just and worry about what I can control and not necessarily worry about other things. And when you're having those rough months, you know the the uh, the flip side has to occur to you. Man, I don't want to go back to Billings. Yeah, it does. I mean, you—it's a business. This, this, this is this game is a business, whether you like it or not. And you have to, you have to produce, and you have to, uh, you have to be productive, and hope that you can keep your job. So uh, you got kind of sometimes you got to play through some aches and pains just so somebody doesn't step in and take your job. I mean, you don't want to. In the words of Eric Davis, you don't want to get Wally Pitt. He would tell us that all the time. <laughs> that, uh, that if somebody was sitting on the bench that day, he would tell you, "Oh, you know, pull a Wally Pitt." With Paul Wally Pip, and you're never going to get back in the lineup. So you like you try to play through some aches and pains at times, just like like I said, so those so somebody doesn't take the job. Dragons played some extraordinary baseball in the second half last year. They set the team record for overall wins in the season and in a half. Personally, what was the high point of the season for you? Um, for for us as a team, I mean, making the playoffs was was really cool, and and. And um, knowing that you were gonna, that you were one of the few teams in the league that was gonna get an opportunity to play for a ring, and that was, that was, that was the coolest part. And just being, being, being a team like we were. I mean, we were, we were all, we were a big family, and it was, it was sad. It was sad when the season was over, and and, and I mean, you don't know. Like I said, this is a business, so you don't know if some of the guys that you play with are gonna be bad, just because of not necessarily. The seasons that they had, but just because maybe the Reds or whoever has a different agenda for them. So I mean, there 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 are times where you think about that and you try not to get too wrapped up in that. But uh, but it, it happens. It happens just like we talked about earlier about getting caught up and getting sitting down. So I mean, that those things, those thoughts, they enter your head at times, and you got you got to try and get them out as quick as possible. But but like I said, it does it does happen. Before I, before we get away from Dayton here for a minute, uh, I wanted to ask you: the Midwest League is kind of nice for you, being a guy that's from the Indianapolis area. How, how often did your family get a chance to watch you play last year? Oh, it was it was really nice. It was really nice. I mean, I got got to take advantage of my family being there, being there uh, a very good amount of time. Uh, they we were fortunate enough to to when I showed up at the ballpark, if I saw that I was in the lineup. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to call my mom and dad and tell them that I was playing that night, and and they could drive over. So there were there were very few home games that, that I didn't have somebody in attendance uh, from my family. So it was nice, just because I mean a lot of guys, I mean most guys don't don't get to uh, 
to be a part of that, and they'll get to have their family in the stands nearly as much as I did, so it was nice. Tell us what you learned in your first full, you know, long season of, of, of professional baseball. It was uh, it was it was definitely a learning experience, and there wasn't just there wasn't just one thing that I learned. I mean, the things that you take in from a full season, how to how to control how to control your emotions, and not get too high, not get too low, those things like that. Um, learning how to uh, to maintain your body and stay healthy. That's another thing that you learn, but. For me, the mental part of the game, I, I really felt like I grew a lot that uh, last year in the mental part of the game. I read a book uh, called Mind Gym. I read that book three times last off season or last season, excuse me. And it, it, what it is, it just talks about um, mental toughness and, and being and being the best mental player that you can be. And whether or not you're struggling, whether or not you're playing um, out of this world, you need to try not to waver from from that same mindset and so it, it really helped me and I felt like I grew a lot at that part of the game so uh, that's that's the half of battle being able to control your emotions and being able to, to win the game mentally that's for me that's that's half the battle the game will humble you won't it no very much so very much so you could have the you can be having the best month ever and be hitting 330 and in the next month you start you start the month over 20 I mean it, it's just a crazy game it's just Game's not easy. I mean, if it, if it was easy, everybody would be playing it. So it's very humbling, very humbling, and it gets you very quick. You talked about staying healthy. <clears throat> and we've talked about this with some other guys over the years with Matt and, and Logan Parker and those guys. When you're on, the, when you guys are out on the road especially, tell people how tough it is to eat healthy and, and, and to take care of your, your yourself. I mean, it, it's very tough. I mean, we get done. I mean, we get done at ten, ten fifteen, ten thirty every night, and then uh, you don't get back to the hotel till probably, probably eleven, eleven fifteen, maybe even eleven thirty. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of times where there's not much around our hotel, and, and we don't have a car. We can't drive anywhere really when we're on the road. So we've got to walk. And there'll be times where we're fortunate enough that our bus driver will drop us off, and. And, and we need to find a way back to the hotel. So, I mean, it's tough. A lot of times you'll find yourself ordering Jimmy John's, find yourself ordering pizza. I mean, it's not the best thing for you, and you try to shy away from that, but sometimes you can't help it. So uh, it, it's tough. I mean, we'll get done on a getaway night, and uh, we'll, we'll get done, and we'll have to find our own meal. Uh, a lot of times it's Jimmy John's. Most of the most of the club, visiting clubhouses had uh, Jimmy John's menus. Uh, taped all over the walls because they were the only thing that would deliver to the ballpark that late. But uh, I mean, you leave the you leave the field, and you got a six-hour bus ride, and you don't get into the to the next place till 4 a.m. So I mean, you got to find yourself some dinner from that 11 11 o'clock 11 p.m. Uh, to 4 a.m. time. You got to find yourself something to eat, and, and uh, a lot of times it's tough, and a lot of times it's not the, not the healthiest thing. So you got to. Try and try and uh, manage that a lot. It's like I said, it's tough at times, especially when you get in as late as you do. You're not living the high life in a ball, are you? No, no. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big misconception. If a lot of people have seen the movie Bull, Bull Durham, I mean, it, it, that that movie is very, very similar to what to what the uh, minor leagues and what a ball like. Tucker, the top two catchers in the system are gone. Devin's going to be up with the big club this year, and Yasmani went to went to San Diego in the big trade. That pretty much leaves you and Mark Flurry as is, is the is the two big 
catching prospects in the system. That put any extra pressure on you? Um, no, to be honest with you, it doesn't. I mean, it, in order for me to, to get to where I want to be, I've got to play well. And that's the only thing I can control. And a lot of that, and that, that said, I mean, that, that's, what, that's where I grew a lot this, uh, this, this season. So I, I felt like that I, I mentally now I'm, I'm more of a, uh, I'm more of a stronger guy. And I think that if I go out on a daily basis and I can, I control everything that I can control mentally and physically, I think it's all going to take care of itself. And I, I can't, I can't worry about what other guys are doing and where other guys are at. And I think that, uh, I think that I'm in a position now where that, that, that I could, I'm going to be able to move if I if I have success and I need to and I need to, to be able to produce and, and be in control of my thoughts and, and how I play. So that's that's the only thing, really, honestly, that I'm that I'm trying to go out and do is is be successful and win some win some ball games and, and produce for the team that I'm playing with. Yeah, I don't think that anybody could question it. You've got a better opportunity now, but it's up to you to take advantage of those opportunities. Exactly. I, I've got an opportunity now. I've been presented with a with a better opportunity than I, than right. I was. But 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 like you said, I mean, I'm not going to be able to take advantage of that opportunity if I don't produce. And so I got to I got to go out and like I said, control everything that I can control. And that's that's the way that I handle myself on and off the field and, and, and what I do um, numbers wise on the field. You got to do Reds Fest this year, didn't you? I did. It was fun. It was great. It was great getting out and, and meeting all the fans and, and everything. And in fact, I'm going on the Red Caravan. Uh, I'm going on the South Caravan here. Uh, here coming up in about ten days. So it, it's going to be fun getting out again and, and meeting all those people and meeting everybody that are that are just diehard Reds fans. It's fun. Who else, do you know? Who else is on the South Caravan with you? I am. Uh, I'm going with uh, Brandon Phillips and uh, I think um, Marty Brennan and Chris Wells. I know. They are all on it. Um, I think it's the uh, assistant GM um, is on there as well. And uh, I'm trying to think if I can remember if anybody else was on that. Um, but that, those are the people that I know of are on the, on the caravan, the south one at least. Chris Welsh is a big friend of Red Leg Nation, and, and he's a great guy. I don't know if you've ever met Chris. Uh, I got. I was. I was fortunate enough at, at Red's Fest to meet him, and he's, he is a good guy. He's funny. Very, very good guy. But I can't. You got Marty and Brandon Phillips on the same bus. You may never get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I met. I got. I got to meet Brandon at Red's Fest, and he, he's a good guy. He's fun. Fun to talk to. Fun to be around. So it, it's going to be a good time. Let's talk about this upcoming season. Do you do you set personal goals for the season? I do. I mean, I I won't say I haven't said any yet. Uh, once once spring training gets here, and once I get ready to get out there and do that, I'll start um, I'll start really working those out and trying to figure out what's going to be the most attainable for me. I don't want to set goals that uh, that aren't very reasonable or, or realistic. And so uh, once I once I get to get to good year and, and see what's going on and see how I feel um, both physically and mentally, I, I feel like I'll be able to be able to make some good ones. What do you what I mean? I'm not asking you for numbers, but but what do you set? Do you set a batting average or an on base percentage or I want to hit this many you know slugging percentage? I want to throw out this percentage of runners or you know my my pass balls to be this low or, or tell me tell me what you're looking at when you're setting your goals. I mean everybody everybody will uh, will set will set out and throw out just ballpark numbers. I mean some more detailed than others. I throw out just just very round numbers from in, in my opinion. I mean, everybody wants to hit 300, so I mean, I'll tell you that that would be one of my goals to hit 300. 
Um, for me, I, I, I like to I like to walk. I mean, I like to walk a lot. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a uh, I don't have a set number of where where I want to do that. But I, I like to keep my to keep my strike counts down, uh, and I like to walk a lot. So I, I like to keep my my strike to walkout ratio. I like to keep that pretty uh, relatively close. I know with the more and more bats you do get, I mean, it's hard to do. But uh, I like to try to keep that as close as possible. Um, with defensively, I like to try to get as close to 50 percent as possible. So uh, those are just those are just basic numbers, um, basic numbers for anybody. So it really doesn't get too detailed when it comes to numbers for me. It's just more of a more of a, uh, a thing I like just like to shoot for. And I, and I know that you don't have any idea, or I would assume you really don't have any idea. And, and, and you know, there's nobody listening to this. It's just you and me talking. So. If you had to guess today, um, when, where do you think you'll start the season? Um, if, I, if I was a betting man, if I was a betting man, I, well, I would have to say Bakersfield. I think I would start out in Bakersfield, and then we'll go from there. And, and I think whatever I do, or uh, my my destiny, I believe, is in my own hands. And if I can, if I can produce, and I know that I can play. I feel like that. That uh, things are going to help or unfold for themselves, and they're going to happen like they're supposed to. I think everything happens for a reason. So whether or not I start there, or whether I start in Pensacola, or wherever, I mean, whether it be back in Dayton, I think every everything happens for a reason, and I'm being put there for uh, for a reason. And like I said, wherever I am put, I'm going to take advantage of it and, and play the best that I can play. Well, as much as I'd like to see you in Dayton, I, I think your time in Dayton is done. But my guess is a little beach time over the summer in Pensacola wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? Nah, I would hope so. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that definitely, definitely one of my goals. One of my goals is to hopefully play there for a for a significant part of the year, and, and whenever that happens, if it does happen, I'll be I'll be more than happy to go there. Well, Tucker, we really appreciate you giving us some time today, and and we tell all of our fans on Red Leg Nation that if they see you playing somewhere. To come down and tell you that they're a reader and, and that they appreciate the time that you give us and, and everything you do for Red Leg Nation. Um, we well, want- yeah, definitely, definitely come up and if you see me, don't be afraid. I'm a normal guy, normal guy just chasing a childhood dream is all I am. So I'm not gonna bite your head off if you come try to talk to me. So uh, feel free to feel free to come up and introduce yourself. I'll be more than happy to talk to you. So we want to wish you luck out in Arizona. When are you? When are you leaving for for Arizona? Um, I haven't. I don't have a, uh, a date yet. I, uh, I got invited to big league camp, so I'm going to be. I have to report oh. things the 19th, 19th of February, and so uh, I'm probably going to leave. The Super Bowl's in Indianapolis this year, so uh, so uh, I think I'm going to stick around here for that, and I'll probably leave the, uh, somewhere around the week after the Super Bowl. Exciting first big league camp. I like that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I got the phone call last week, and. Uh, I, uh, I'm excited to get out there and, and, and give it a go. Well, good luck out in Arizona and for the season, and hopefully we can check in during the season and get you back on. Without a doubt, Bill, anytime. All right, man. You have a good uh, good time, and, and tell Brandon Phillips. Tell Brandon Phillips we'd love to get him on Red Leg Nation Radio. <laughs> Sounds good. I will, I will let him know, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know when or when I'm gonna to talk to him, but uh, hopefully it'll be here soon on the on the caravan for sure. <laughs> All right, my friend, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right, Bill. Thank you. All right.